there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Claire was small for her age, which made the sheer volume of her wails all the more impressive. Thick streams of tears ran down her face, where they soaked into her bright pink pajamas. Between the shuddering sobs, she pleaded for her mother to leave the toys where they were. I'm sorry, baby, but I told you, if I found you sleeping with everything, including your face, covered in stuffed animals, then they won't belong in your bed anymore. I don't even know how you breathe like that. By the armful, Claire's protectors made of faux fur and stuffing were dropped into her polka dot toy chest until there was only one left. Claire, beyond words at this point, held out her arms towards the lone survivor clasped in her mother's hand. It was a raggedy thing, an old bunny with lopsided buttons for eyes sewn on with mismatching thread. Okay, you can have one, said her mother after a moment's debate. I'm sorry, honey, but it is dangerous to let you sleep like that. If it happens again, no more toys in your room. The girl was then gently ushered to the now empty bed, where she did her best to bury her face in her pillow with the bunny held tight to her chest. Claire heard the good night, but did not respond. She listened for the sound of the light switch, and after the door shut, she waited for the footsteps to recede down the hall before slowly lifting her head to peer at the polka dot chest, where the rest of her toys were hidden away. With the lights off, her bedroom was cast in shades of black and blue by the night that poured through her window. On her walls, Cartoon characters grinned from their posters, and a wooden cutout announced her name in large bouncy letters, like a menu with a single item to offer. With one eye still buried and the other half-closed, Claire watched the closet doorknob and waited while the sound of her heartbeat thumped in her pillow. If she ran... She might be able to grab at least a few of her stuffed animals, but she'd have to be quick and quiet. So carefully, she lifted the covers, and inch by inch, she slid from her bed. By the time her toes touched the floor, her arm was shaking from holding up her duvet, and she didn't see how close to the edge of her mattress the bunny had slipped. With one last little scoot, Claire's feet met the floor without even a whisper of noise to announce her escape. Her eyes, now wide open, were trained on the brass knob on her closet door. It was perfectly still. She let out the breath she was holding 
but before she could make a break for the chest, there was a soft thud of the bunny hitting the floor behind her. The doorknob began to violently rattle. The whole door shook as it battled against its frame and the thin piece of brass that kept it latched into place. Claire abandoned her plan and tried to scramble back under the blankets. But she had neither been quick or quiet, and the thing in the closet had heard her. I see you, it said. The rattling ceased as the door opened just slow enough to showcase the creak in its hinges. Claire's arms and legs went limp and lifeless, and she crumpled to the floor next to the bunny, who had just started to twitch. So hungry, cried the thing in the closet as it pushed itself closer, its long body trailing out from the darkness behind the door. Strands of drool dripped and hung from its chin. They glinted as they swayed in the moonlight. Once it reached the small girl, it unhinged its jaw, wrapped its cold hands around her soft shoulders, and started to eat. It didn't see how her mouth was now a neat row of stitches, or how her eyes were now lopsided buttons sewn on with mismatching thread. Its hunger was endless, even after it had started to choke on her fabric and stuffing. It couldn't keep itself from continuing to chew. All it could do was swallow, choke, and writhe. Deeper, it lodged in its throat the girl whose flesh and bones had been traded for the cloth and the thread of her protectors, whose small bodies churned into a singular form as they rose and stepped out of the chest, their borrowed bones clicking in place, and the flesh still wet with tears wrapping around them. Together, they enveloped the thing in the closet whole, and when they started to eat it, they did not choke, no matter how much the thing thrashed. Claire? Light from the hallway streamed through the cracked door. Did you fall out of bed? Her mother, who'd heard the thud from downstairs, stepped into the room and stared at the mound on the floor. Barely visible under the stuffed animals, with their watchful glass eyes, Claire laid curled up and sleeping, the now shredded bunny gripped tight in her hands, its eyes missing. You know what this means, sighed Claire's mother as she tucked her back in her bed. No more toys in your room, and I'm not sewing these eyes back on again. Hello everyone. In between stories, we'd like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For November, we decided to highlight Doctors Without Borders. This is a nonprofit that provides medical care to those affected by war, conflict, and disaster. In a world where conflict and crisis seem to never cease, they are on the front lines bringing hope, healing, and humanity to those who need it most. You can find out more and donate at doctorswithoutborders.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. 
I am someone and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. I found my father's videotape log of a house rumored to be haunted out in the backwoods of Kentucky. The tape is labeled House of Abandoned Torment and is a cassette videotape, so it's not able to be modified in any way. It had some old dust on it and was hidden in my father's closet. It's the best classified evidence of the things beyond I've ever seen in my 25 years of investigations. The video starts off with my father slowly pulls up this overgrown dirt road at night and looks absolutely like an old filming of Evil Dead, just creepy and very off. They pull up to the end of what seems to be shrubs and a small patch to the left. They shut the camera off as soon as my uncle says, that's it, on foot now. The camera cuts back to them walking up to the house as close as they could. In the video, I see a lot of red eyes in the darkness of the trees. The most odd thing is when light from their flashlights hit where these eyes are, there isn't anything there. Anyways, they get a bad feeling and my uncle starts swatting his hands at nothing. The camera cuts off as my father looks over to him and says, what are you doing now? The camera cuts back to them running from whatever was there. And my uncle screaming, I see bees the size of baby pigs. My other uncle says, well, it's using your fears of bees to feed itself your fear. The camera cuts off and back on. They are loading weapons and I can hear clicking and magazines clicking and they go back towards the house. And fun fact, spirits don't like intimidation. And my uncle stops the group as he feels uncomfortable. But he can't see this very old man sitting on the porch, looking away from them. The skin looks dry as can be, and I notice on the video his hand was melting into the cast iron railing that went from the house to the porch's post that is holding up the roof. The camera pans past this guy, and as the camera pans back over, the old man is now looking at them but his face is sunk in and has veins that look black on his face and his skin tone has this blue hue to it. The camera pans back over and the old man is gone, like poof, in seconds. My uncle feels calmer as this entity is now further away, but the group can't see this even as it's being filmed. You know, cameras back then didn't have what technology has today. The camera cuts off and back on again, multiple times and my uncle is just taking videos of this house from the front and the sides and the back in these shots you can see there's a hole in the middle roof of this house and you can see a face randomly poking out to see what they are doing i don't know if this was the same entity or not its face looked as if it could have been human at one point but the only features to be seen was this huge smile and razor-sharp teeth, and they don't see this either. The camera cuts back on. My father is holding the camera now, 
and walking in slowly as others are by the vehicle with a shocked look on their faces. My father sets his foot gently on the rotted wood floor, and the carpet is gone, and you hear the deepest growl anything has ever done. My father stops, and his voice is shaking, and asks, Did anyone else hear that? And everyone says in different ways, No. The camera cuts off out of fear, then cuts back on, and they start shooting at this house. The camera is in position to catch everything on film. While they unload bullets into this house, I hear my uncle praying. He reaches over and cuts the camera off for the last time. While this was going on, the same face from the roof now has horns that are twisted like a ram. No eyes, all you can see are black abysses. Black veins throughout. It's skinny as can be. You can see the details on the ribcage of this entity. It has wings and claws and standing on a well made of stone and old cement, waiting or protecting something. Five years later, my uncle that was praying passed away and told my father not to trespass and that the house needs to be burned. My father went back to the house alone and said he lit that place up to protect anyone else from the same fate my uncle faced. I couldn't get this image out of my head of this thing. I had to draw it a few times to get its face out of my head. I had a few nightmares about it, and then things went back to normal. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anodyne Vaughn and Cameron Helquike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gaze.